0: Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity.
1: The Tribeca Festival starts on June 7th through June 18th in New York City. This is Tony's 10th year in covering this famed festival. This is part of a series of specials from the past and present festivals. Let's
2: listen.
0: Hi, welcome to Sci-Fi As I have the directors of a few segments of the horror anthology, Holidays. It kind of mixes humor, comedy, and has some good gore, too. At Tribeca Film Festival, I had a chance to chat with Nicholas McCarthy that directed Easter, Adam Egypt Mortimer, who directed New Year's Eve, and Ellen Reed, who directed Mother's Day. Here's our round table conversation. In fact, oh okay.
1: okay, sci-fi. I'm wearing a sci-fi movie t-shirt. Viewers. All right. So and on I'm happy to hear because we we all made science fiction films, right? Viewers. All right. So on I'm charged today. Guest, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to talk about that. Oh, we love that shirt. We gotta talk about it.
0: This is, have you ever seen Fantastic Planet? Have yeah, I love that. Oh, I yeah, love Fantastic so Planet. So good. Uh, it's a French film. Yeah. I remember ha- I had it on the old VHS I had it. Yeah. I think we might have it
2: on uh, VHS too. It's a
0: really cool movie.
1: It's coming out on uh, Blu-ray. Oh, fantastic. And Criterion is, is putting it out. Oh, cool.
0: they did such a good job with that. They definitely do. I love when they do. It was, I, you know, out of all the movies, uh, I, I loved all your movies. <laughs> and uh, they were cool. Um, so, let's start with Sarah, you know, with uh, Mother's Day, I saw that there was a lot of different influence in, in that. It wasn't just a, and that's what appealed to me. There's a lot of textures to it. Kind of talk about some of the influences that you use for that movie.
2: Um, I tend not to really work with influences necessarily. Like I don't sit down and be like, I'm gonna like, you know, um, but I think I just try to work from the inside out. Um, and so uh, I started with the idea that I actually shot this in December of 2014. Mine was the first to shoot, so I shot it quite a while ago. Um, but I had looked ahead at Mother's Day, and it fell on 5, 10, 2015. So I wanted to look at what happened in history on 5, 10, 15, 20. And it um, uh, turns out Montezuma II, um, whose death sort of um, is very mysterious and much debated, um, died around that time. And there's, there was a cult that um, believed he would come again. Um, and so that was really interesting to me. And I wanted to combine that with um, the notion that uh, for thousands and thousands of years of human history, women had no control over when they would get pregnant and really no control over their bodies. And like half the time they would just like die screaming, bleeding out in child labor, or like have like a dead baby, or like a baby that lived to two and then died. And there was just like all this really intense sadness and horror surrounding motherhood. And um, I think with the advent of contraceptives, we've, um, we take that for granted, our relationship with our bodies and, um, and motherhood. And I wanted to bring that back of what, what it would feel like to lose control over your body in the process of becoming a mother.
0: Sci-Fi Talk continues, so stay tuned. And what you did is you flipped it instead of a woman who uh, who can't get pregnant? Yeah, she
2: can't. She's she can't always stop. getting pregnant. She can't stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I like that. That was a nice. Tip. I kind of wanted to make the. Um, if I ever wanted to make a feature of it, I kind of want to make like the, the prequel of like you know just the horror of having to go to that abortion clinic over and over <laughs> yeah. again. I think there's something yeah, that's, amazing that's a, about that. Yeah, it's a yeah. great yeah. idea, and, it, and yeah. it's
3: something that's that's like such a testament to why I'm happy that we had your point of view because I it, like I've just never seen that story before. And like you say, like it, you know, St. Patrick's Day, which is also brilliant part of the anthology it's about a woman who oh, she can't get pregnant she really wants to be pregnant she's looking at a baby and, and you know and that movie's brilliant but that particular point of view I've seen before and I have never seen yeah. your interpretation of what the horror well, is doing and what the anxiety is to me yeah. so it was, yeah. <laughs> in that
2: way it was personal yeah cuz i mean in
3: that, but there, and, you know like even a movie like Rosemary's Baby or yeah. something is about the anxiety of being pregnant but it's still a woman who's I, trying to have a family I, but then the reality of yeah. it becomes I
2: think there's a basic assumption that um you know, which is not untrue, but that most women can't wait for the day to have yeah. their baby. Right. And, um, and I think for a lot of women that's just not true or it's more complicated than that and um, these so-called maternal instincts aren't necessarily like uh, showing up out of nowhere for everybody. Um, right. So, and you know, everyone's always asking me all the time when I'm going to have a baby because I'm at that age. Uh. And I've been married for nine years, I'm 33 and everyone's like looking at me like, now or these, never. Days, yeah. these days, you can do yeah. it a
0: little later, yeah. which is great. Adam, I, I guess you proved that even uh, serial killers can have a hard time getting a date. On <laughs> <universe>. uh-huh. <laughs> I
3: mean, uh, is that a question? Is that formed as a question?
0: more like a comment. But how did you arrive at the story like?
3: That? The idea was to like find the thing about New Year's that makes you, that makes people anxious, or makes me, me anxious, right? And it's like that idea of like we're we gonna have a the best time ever like since I was a child there was this idea like we're going to have the best time ever and it was always only ever the worst time and um, I really like I really like stories that are about like breakups or relationships that go in the wrong direction um, so when I was talking to Dennis and Kevin who, who wrote it you know we, we sort of talk, started talking about like what are bad New Year's Eve's we've had what are horrible dates we've been on I told a story about how I went on a date once when I was in a really bad place and it was so Uh, it it went so badly and was so miserable that I fainted (laughs) in a restaurant and had to be taken out by an ambulance you know so it was sort of like playing around with these and Dennis had gone on a blind date on on New Year's that was like a disaster and so we were like you know playing around with those ideas and I was sort of thinking of um, some scenes in the movie Happiness the Todd Todd Salon's film where like there's just these miserable awkward dates and you know and, and, and then I wanted to develop it because it's a horror movie and because I like expressing anxiety through violence it was you know you take that kind of a horrible anxious dating experience and then you give everybody weapons and the desire to kill which is kind of what it feels like (laughs) to me.
0: And as far as expressing violence, you did a good job with that. You know, some intense stuff. That's my,
3: some intense to do for some reason, yeah. I, don't, I mean, it's, for me, it always comes down to, like, how do you express this, like, emotional, this real emotional thing that we can all relate to, but express it with, you know, cinematic violence. I guess that's the thing I'm interested in doing.
0: And Easter. Boy, talk about... that, That one, to me, that was, like... That was pretty intense for me. It was like, I've uh, never seen the Easter rabbit portrayed that way. <laughs> so, um, I, But I did like, you know, kind of like the mythology, like the things coming out of his hand, the eggs cutting the chicks and the eggs coming out of his hands. That was, uh, so you put some time into kind of developing mythology. for. Yeah,
1: and you know, you have to develop a backstory to, to everybody that's on screen, including, you know, in this case, our bunny man character. And that was uh, that was a lot of fun to do with the actor Mark Steger, who I wrote the part for. And so we, we approached it, um, uh, you know, as 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 one would approach working with any actor. Like we had, you know, some conversations, and then there was a rehearsal, and it was a lot about how and why he would move his body. And what we kind of settled on was um, that this was this thing that was always in pain in some mm-hmm. ways. Um, but that the pain had kind of transformed into this this state of pleasure for him. Mm-hmm. So there's this one moment when he gives this kind of uh, ecstatic moan when he's experiencing pain, and that was a very uh,
2: so creepy and pedophilic. Yeah, totally,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: it was kind of like Ooh, oh my man. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think just what happens is when you when you take kind of disparate elements, things that don't seem to go together, and you just started, start to work them together, you can get kind of moments like that that are, are um, like, you know, a, a feeling or a sense of something that you haven't seen before, and, and usually my reaction to, to to stuff like that, that that maybe is like really ghoulish or bizarre, is to laugh. You know, and so that's what I was always seeking to do when I was writing, or you know, when I'd be working with, with Mark, is to is to find myself giggling you know
2: i think your movie is the most likely to cause a nightmare
0: oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for definitely sure. definitely yeah. And, and the girl ava she was great she's great yeah. she was she really sold it to me that was really neat maybe take off your producer's side cause i know you produced this as well but for all of you i guess were you conscious of time when you were doing this movie you know couldn't go over a certain length to kind of fit it into the whole kind of thing
2: um, yeah, I mean, I think we were sort of told try and to keep it under a certain length. Uh, but also, you know, our budgets weren't huge. So it was really like, what can you do within these constraints? Um, and yeah, I think um, a lot of us, my, my sheet was three days. Do you I think you said yours two. was two? Oh, wow. wow.
3: wow. Um, I had the benefit of, of having seen what everybody else had done. And, and, and really made, like, a big shift from what I had originally written that I wanted to do into what, into doing. First of all, nobody had done New Year's, and it, and it felt like without New Year's, it, it wasn't going to feel like a complete year of holidays. And, um, uh, and I did, I did want to, I think mine is the shortest, and I wanted it to be, like, mm-hmm. r- you know, really kind of get in there and, and give you, like, this kind of adrenaline hit. Whereas previous, you know, if, if I had not been aware of what everybody else done, I probably would have gone in like a very meandering, you know, psychedelic direction. But I, I, was, I was glad that context forced me into doing the exact
0: opposite of that. So how did you get them all on board to do this?
3: Well, it, was, it wasn't it was me exactly that brought them all on board. It was uh, John Hegeman, who's the sort of mastermind producer, uh, was a fan of my work, and I had worked with him on things before, and then he invited me to join the project and to do one segment and to help him look for talent, and then he also teamed up with XYZ Films, and so, um, you know, be- between me and some of the, the, like, I saw Sarah's movie and really loved it, and so I-, I wanted to make sure she was a part of it, and our producing partners had, had worked with Nick and suggested him, and so it was- there was a couple different, voices looking for talent and asking them to be a part of it and even and the thing that's interesting about that is I feel like there is a, a kind of overall tone or feeling to the movie where it holds together despite the fact that everybody was essentially sent off to do whatever they wanted without a lot of communication with one another but it still just sort of had that magical unconscious organic feeling of coming together or maybe it doesn't and, and we just impose that when we see it because we think it does mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't know. I think there's something that... that holds that's, why together. It's a, yeah,
1: that's why it's a neat
3: experiment in a way. Yeah. You know? I guess there's something about doing a holidays movie where you're like, you explore something. Everybody... There's something that... For me, that everybody's
2: feels quite different, actually. Like, very distinctly in their voice, yeah, which is really absolutely. refreshing and nice. Um, and even, like, tonally, there are some that are much more, like, sort of leaning towards humor. Yeah. And some that, you know, just take the world a little bit more... Um, at face value, or a little more seriously, um, but it all—I mean—and I think um, Anthony did such a great job with those interstitial yeah, cars the that really do help tie it together. And what's fun about an anthology is you just sort of know—even if that particular tone is not for you, like it's only going to last ten minutes yeah, or something—and right. then yeah. you can get on to the next one. So I think it's—it's yeah. it's really fun for that reason.
1: That's a box of chocolates. Yeah. Oh, it's a box. With razor blades in it. yeah,
2: oh, yeah. why is that I not agree. the poster? Yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sci-fi talk returns in a moment. Actually, it worked for me because it wasn't all one thing. It was, mm. there was uh, there was dark humor. There was just flat-out horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, your movie, you know, it, it it kind of echoed a little bit of Rosemary's Baby. Mm. You know, totally. And mm. I, you know, I said, yeah, I totally relate to this. Mm. I know I've seen something like this, but never quite this way. And I appreciated. Uh, the originality of it so it was uh, it was good i mean the horror anthology is alive and movie that this kind of reminded me of a little bit was creep show
3: that's you know that's Creepshow. john's That's john hegeman is always talking about Creepshow. that's his favorite yeah and he's always hoping that this would be sort of more of a throwback to that approach than to you know something like abc's or, or vhs which have their merits but it was you know we were looking for something that had a little bit more of that colour and coherency or I don't know what it was.
2: One thing I heard Adam say that I really liked is it's almost this opportunity for a bunch of directors who didn't really know each other to come together and kind of like now we have this little family. Yeah. That, because of it and it's we all true. Yeah.
3: Holiday family. It's Holiday just party. it's like Thanksgiving for yeah. people who like to watch humans undergo horrible traumas. Yeah. <laughs> and laugh. Do you really not do, do you really not think about film influences when you
2: Uh, I No, that's not really. I mean, I'm more likely to reference like paintings or photographs Mm. or music. I try not. I mean, I obviously, I'm a huge fan of many films, but um, it's hard for me to work that way. I kind of try and not watch movies. Yeah,
3: that's interesting.
2: What about your locations?
0: I mean, both of your stuff is indoors, but yours, you're out so
2: I chose, I wrote it for the house where I first took shrooms, um, which that house in the desert used to be even crazier than what you see on screen. Cause it wow. was, um, used to have all these neon dildo sculptures everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, what a perfect fertility house. Um, and, um, yeah, and then when we got there, a new owner had bought the house and it's still beautiful, but they like took down all the dildo sculptures, which was like such a bummer. That was
1: the first thing the new owner did.
2: Right, I don't know what they were thinking. Um, they, were, they were beautiful because they were like glow in the dark too and they were, they didn't even look like dildos because they were so um, bountiful in these like sculptures wait, that wait, you didn't is... even notice the penises. They looked like these like blooming neon flowers. It's, it's possible that
3: they weren't actually there because you were just on shrooms. That you is possible.
2: <laughs> you came back <laughs> two years right? later and you were like, oh, here's I'm all the dildos? Blowing, moving, <laughs> glass sure. dicks. What happened, <laughs> what happened in this house? Yeah. That's, that's possible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. But so when I was thinking about a house for sort of a fertility ceremony, that was what came to my mind.
3: But then you had to go all the way out to the desert, which was like a three-hour drive. It was a crazy and You got that YouTube incredible, production. is that a drone yes. shot? How did you shoot
2: I we, we just like convinced like a lot of people to come on board for very little money. And it was it was a crazy production in retrospect. Like gonna like bring like fifteen naked women out to the desert. <laughs> on, like, yeah, and it was cold too because it was December, and we also we threw a wedding on set on top oh, of it. Man. So uh, my producer got married on set. <laughs> that's, um, that's wild. Yeah, that's really wild.
0: How do you guys view independent film right now? Is it is it easier now with all these new outlets, or is it just as hard as it ever was to get something? I
1: think it's just as hard as it ever ever was, you know, and. I know, in in my experience, between making my first and my second film, the, the market had completely changed, you know, um, and I think it's at a, you know at a different place now. Um, there are no rules to getting movies financed.
3: It's like the Wild West, you know. No, the Wild West had a economic reason to be doing things though like the wild west had gold and it had land and you know and you could be you could go to a bank and say i'm going to go to the west and dig gold and maybe they'd invest in you Mm -hmm. you know i mean when you say wild west i understand your metaphor but like this is some this is darker than the wild west (laughs) i think it's
2: an interesting time because i think we're we're in a time where everybody is a filmmaker everybody is a filmmaker and so it's really important it's even more important to um be aware of why you're making what you're making and um, t- you know everyone has so many other things they could be doing with their time now so why are you, what are you what are you doing with your film that is worthy of an audience sitting down and giving you that time mm-hmm. um and also i think it makes craft all the more important now just because technology is so accessible and almost anybody can make a movie i think like pushing yourself to um the level of a more refined craft i think is
1: technology has the- changed the- the the content of films
3: well the technology has
2: made it there's this thing where the
3: technology has made it so now anybody can pick up a camera and make a movie for no money but I keep seeing evidence that there's a pushback against that to try to reclaim the expense of filmmaking so like the only films that people want to see anymore have vast incredible special effects so right when we're at a time where anybody could conceivably be Stanley Kubrick via Cassavetes you can only be George Lucas or like i' I've, there's a new camera on the market now where you can choose your angle and focus points after you shoot the movie, so you don't even have to direct when you're directing, but I'm sure that's some that's a rig that's like incredibly expensive, and so then it's back to like, well, what if the only way to make movie once again requires this thing that we had just gotten to a point where it doesn't require it so there's this there's a, a, there's this like battle between how you can even be an independent filmmaker because nobody's going to watch it, and is there a, is there a pressure to make those no longer affordable anymore? You know what I mean? Like, film culture is in, is in a dangerous place, right? Because people have lost a sense of the history of film or its importance or the ability to even watch well, old the, movies. Yeah, well, at the same time,
1: it's the opposite, isn't it? I mean, it's like that that, like now the history of film is at our
3: fingertips. But it's not. Netflix made it so that they were the only place you go to watch when they were DVDs. Oh, now all the DVD stores are going to go out of business because you can just get every movie from Netflix. Yeah. And then they liquidated their catalog down to 15% of what they started with. So it's like somebody bought all the libraries and threw away all the books. The libraries,
1: there are many more, if you're not talking about streaming, there, there are many more movies available than ever before in terms of like not only, uh, you know, on like Burn On Demand, or just that they exist. Like, right. if, if you count VHS, if you count DVD, which are actually viable ways to watch movies, and like, on the plane on the way over here, I watched Badlands, mm-hmm. and like, it's kind of like, I am, you know, 35,000 feet in the air, watching this amazing movie, like at my fingertips, and so, that, I, I agree with you, Adam, there is a danger, but also there is this magic that's yeah, happening I mean, now, I mean, and it's changing movies that are being made. And,
2: when movies first came out, they, it was like an inferior art form, right? It was yep. like seen as just sort of novelty, um, novel. novelty item, and I think it's we're we're so lucky to be living in a time when now they're they can be treated as literature in a way and treated as or you know um, a more heightened art form, and it's great that we have um, audiences who seek that out, even if they're niche audiences. And uh,
1: I mean, it's like everything is niche, right?
2: Yeah.
0: I'll tell you what I liked about this movie is, from what I can saw, maybe very minimal CGI was all the effects were practical effects Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that were done. So I appreciated that, because I mean, I like the big budget CGI things once in a while. But it's like kind of like a diet. You get a lot of sugar. It's not good for you. We need some fiber. <laughs> you had a CG effect. I did. A lot. Yeah, yeah, you did. did. <laughs> did. Do you, do you know, know which
2: no... one? Did you know what it was? Could you spot it?
0: Probably the the end, right? The, no, no, that wasn't. No, that was, wasn't practical. It. That was practical. practical. That I couldn't spot. That thing actually happened. That all. Yeah, that no, we actually, it actually put a dead dead whole down.
2: human. <laughs> exactly. No, but yeah, there was a little. There was a little secret effect. Those little nuggets, trails well, of breadcrumbs, go back.
3: That's the thing that's nice now. I think that's is like that you, dozen, I think. you can take a sort of practical <laughs> approach to using effects that doesn't that don't feel like effects is, is the fun thing to do.
0: And, and uh, what's it like to be here at Tribeca? I mean, is it this the first time we're all of you? Fest. It's, it's, so
2: cool. it's yeah, super it fancy. It's super classy and fancy, and <laughs> we feel really we feel fancy loved and cared for by this festival. It's great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very f- They
2: gave us free popcorn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are you going to have a chance to see anything else while you're here?
3: I'm staying long enough so that I'm definitely. I have have some things lined up that I'm really stoked about. I'm excited to see King Cobra. I want to see Equals because I'm a huge Kristen Stewart fan. I've seen that. Is it good? And Nicholas is great too. Yeah. I want to see Kicks. I want to see movies.
2: Tomorrow night, I'm going to go see Always Shine, um, my friend Sophia's film, which seems really... I love Mackenzie Davis, and yeah. Sophia's brilliant, so I can't Kristen does
0: a really good job in that movie, too. Really understated, but really good performance, and you just see her art really come to life in that movie. I think you'll really like
3: it. Did uh, did you see The Clouds of Soul, Maria?
0: No, I didn't see that.
3: You would like that movie. Have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, you would love it. I really like Kristen Stewart, though.
2: I really like Kristen Stewart, though. I think she's
3: really good. Yeah, very underrated. Yeah, I agree.
2: She's she's
3: not underrated. She's hated. And she's a wonderful, unbelievably great actress. And she's fucking hated because people are assholes. That's
0: what I mean. What's, uh, what's
2: up for all of you I'm in post on a movie called Buster's Malheart, um, starring Rami Malek, DJ Qualls, and Caitlin Shield. And it is a surreal mystery with dark comedic elements. I just came up with that. Now I have to say that over and over again. I'm
0: so <laughs> excited it to see us.
3: Let's cast us
0: all so I can't. Oh, it's cool because Rami is killing it on uh, Mr. Robot. He's he a fantastic
2: a actor and a fantastic oh, person. He's really amazing, tremendous knowledge. talent.
0: Cool.
3: That's a good. That's a good one to have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I have a film that's we're trying to finance now that I um, co-wrote with the same writer that I wrote some kind of hate with, and it's he's a novelist. It's based on his first novel, and it's this really interesting version of a story about an imaginary friend uh, who, it, which is treated in, in like as a possession ghost story. Um, and we want to shoot it in Manhattan, which would be exciting. So hopefully that movie will happen
0: even though he's imaginary he really exists sort of speak kind of thing well i don't want to spoil <laughs> it <Yeah>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm uh,
1: going to direct a movie called Descendant that was written by a really great writer named Jeff Bueller, and it's a it's a horror movie that's about reincarnation oh cool so i'm excited when do you that one. The, like it's like august and then like last week was like september so, it's, that's like, so that's like that's the, the goal <laughs> yeah
0: so what movie was it that you so all saw that said I want to be a film well,
1: I think well, for me it was Duel the, the Spielberg uh, made for TV movie I,
0: I think I don't know
3: if this if, if it exactly satisfies that criteria but I saw the movie Watership Down when I was a very small child I just watched it again and it traumatized me <laughs> like, like really badly like for months and months mm-hmm. and months I was traumatized and mm-hmm. couldn't get it out of my head and so I, you know, as I grew up and became a filmmaker, I always think back to like, I think I was really informed by being traumatized and wanting to, you know, like, and the other one that had a big impact when I was a little bit older was Pink Floyd, The Wall. Oh, okay. which is a movie that I don't think people talk about enough as this mm. great piece of cinema directed by Alan Parker. And like, that made me feel physically ill. And there's something about like these <laughs> movies that had this like really, really like negative impact on me mm. that I that I think throw part of my point of view if not my immediate realization of like oh I want to also create pictures in sequence. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I, I came to the realization that I wanted to be a filmmaker somewhat later, um, I was more into painting um, and started making like weird video art like very just like very <laughs> weird video art and. Some performance art which we won't speak of um but um, uh, yeah but it, when i think about sort of movies from my childhood of probably what was the most influential um i somehow got uh, to see a copy like against my parents wishes but like a friend slipped me a copy of a clockwork orange when i was like 10. Oh, uh, yeah
0: and i think yeah. that had a big influence on me oh boy yeah, great. Yeah. well thank you all i'll thank be on you, the red Mrs. carpet Hardy. tonight i hope to see you all there oh cool. cool. awesome right on man thank you so much Thank you. So Look for Holidays On Demand. Interesting film, interesting directors, too. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.
1: Scene one, Apple take two.